This podcast does not constitute medical advice. All changes surrounding medications, diet and exercise should be made in consultation with a professional who can assess your unique health circumstances. Welcome to the Patterson Program, where you'll learn how to improve your health from the inside out. And now, your host, Clint Patterson. Super excited to have Ida back on the Patterson podcast. And today we're going to learn all about her brand new spanking gorgeous cookbook called A Kitchen Fairy Tale. Welcome back. Thank you very much for having me back, Clint. <laughs> you must nice be, be thrilled because you have put so much work into creating a book, something that very few people do, something that still today in the digital age holds so much weight and credibility and you've done it. So tell us, how does it feel to have a book? It feels amazing. You know, I could have gone down the kind of ebook uh, route and as publishers were turning me down, um, I just thought, you know, maybe I should just do that. Maybe I'll just uh, just go ahead and just, you know, publish it on my own uh, and do that. And then I just thought, no, it, it is a dream of mine to actually do a proper cookbook because I love cooking. I always have loved cooking. Um, so I'm just going to keep plowing on and I'm going to make this happen. And um here it is. <laughs> yes. So if you're watching this on YouTube, she's holding it up now. It's a very, yeah. my first impression when you just held it up, it's a very big, substantial book. I mean, this is not something that, you know, you could just knock out quickly. This is a labor of love by any imagination. Yeah, it is. It is. I think there are just so many amazing recipes that you can make with plants because when people initially hear about uh, someone going plant based, they go, well, so what do you eat? And I'm just like, this is a fraction, you know, of the things that 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 you can make. So, yeah, I just uh, just been putting putting my kind of favorite ones in here and the ones that helped me heal and that kept the inflammation down um, in the beginning. Um, so these are kind of, I guess, my first, uh, pretty much my first recipes, and then going on from there. Awesome. So, yeah. All right. Well, then, <laughs> let me put this in context for people who may have only just started recently watching these episodes and maybe not familiar with your backstory. Anyone who's interested in great detail of Ida's backstory, we've been through a couple of episodes in the past and you can just search for her name, that's I-I-D-A, in our Patterson Program forward slash blog uh, section of our website and you'll find both episodes. Now, the first one, we talked about your inflammatory arthritis. You had quite severe condition and uh, you were able to get rid of that inflammation and um, not need medication to do so. And then you've gone from there and you've started to create a following on Instagram and you've had over 10,000 people watch your journey where you've created these amazing, um, beautiful pictures in your beautiful home and landscape of these foods, which has encouraged you to then, you know, build this kind of reputation as a really stylish photographer and plant chef. And then from there, you've fallen pregnant, which was a dream of yours. And then you were plant-based throughout the pregnancy. And then throughout that whole time, you've, you've, you've worked on creating this book. And so it's all come together now. Now, our second podcast was around being plant-based and pregnant, a great episode if people uh, are entering that stage of life. And then now we have the book. So throughout the whole journey here, you know, what was one of the, the big motivators to create this book? You've, you've had the interest from an audience, so you can tell that there's a, a passion and an interest from that group. 
But what was your driving sort of burning desire? Well, part is that the, the book is basically split into two sections. So in the beginning, I have included my story. Uh, I've included a little bit on where we get our iron, where we get our calcium, all of that, and why um, oils are not going to be featuring in the book. And then the second part is is all these recipes. Uh, and the reason I did that is because when I started getting better, uh, when I joined the Pedersen program, and I started feeling better. I was still seeing my rheumatologist. Um, I, I saw her, you know, once or twice. And I remember going into that, the waiting room, and I was sitting there with all these people. The mood in there was just so, you know, people, there is no, there is no hope. There, there is nothing that's going to tell you that, you know, this drug is actually going to work for you. And this is going to, you're going to become able to come off it. That it, it just made me feel when I knew that there was a person program that I was following and it was working for me, I just wanted to shout it, you know, from the rooftops and just go, listen up people. You, you, you didn't, it doesn't have to be like this, but I couldn't obviously do that because I would look like a crazy person. So I thought I'll just, um, I'll come up with another way of doing that and I'll do it in a way because I'd love eating like this, I'll do it in a way that will hopefully inspire other people to to want to do it this way, uh, want to heal naturally. And uh, and then hopefully, you know, I thought maybe if I if we can get this book published, maybe even the rheumatologist will be interested in, in having a copy in her office and she can just say, listen, you can you can go for the drugs, you can be on your merry way, or you can potentially have a little read about this, see what the Patterson program is about, and see that this is kind of the future that lies ahead of you if you decide to do that. So I think that was definitely my, my greatest motivator. I also had a lot of friends and family who who wanted to cook things for me when I came over and who did not quite know what to make. Um, they tend to refer to it as eater-friendly food. And so I thought, okay, fine. Well, I'll I'll collect them all. That's actually how it really started um, as well. I just wrote down a few things that, you know, my mother-in-law could make, or or my mom and dad, or, or something, and um, and then they could follow these recipes um, and make them whenever I came over. And I had friends also who tried the food when they came came to my place uh, and really loved it and felt energized and didn't feel bloated and thought it was absolutely delicious. Um, and they started asking me for recipes. So I just thought, okay, well, if I collect them all in one place, it'll be so much easier than having them in, you know, on little notes over there or, or a book over there where I still can't find them. So yeah, I just started collecting everything and, um, and the photography, I, I love taking photos and I love making food look beautiful and inviting as well so that people will know that it's not just kind of salad leaves and things. Uh, and, uh, and that married up with the recipes. It just started becoming a book and, um, yeah, I guess that's, that's how it all came about. <laughs> Fabulous. Well, in terms of your marketing or, you know, your, um, you know, uh, one liner about the book. Would you, would you kind of describe it as oil-free, delicious, simple to make recipes for everyone? Would it? How would you? What would be your variation on that? And we'll just get you to watch that here on the microphone as well. Oh yeah, yes, of course. Um, I think. Um, well, what we put, what we ended up putting on the book is. Uh, healing with food and delicious recipes for everyone. Oh, good. I think, yeah, I think that's quite a good one. It is a no oil, plant-based whole food uh, cookbook. 
there are some foods that are not completely whole foods. Um, you know, for example, I've got gluten-free flour in a few of the recipes, which I know is obviously a processed food. There are a couple of couple of those in there. Um, Have you got pasta? Wanted, uh, pasta, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. There is, yeah, so I do uh, a lot of brown rice pasta. Uh, there is corn pasta. I know that um, corn is supposed to uh, create inflammation, according to uh, to some people. What I've done is I've just gone with the recipes that actually seem to work uh, for me during this incredibly crucial, you know, journey yeah. of, of healing the gut. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like that's that's the benefit of it. If you've got some pastas that are brown rice-based, some that are corn-based, and you're going to ask, 10 different people and someone's going to say that they have a little more problem with corn than brown rice and vice versa. In fact, I'd, I'd argue that probably statistically a few more would have problem with corn. But, you know, look, it sounds like you've covered for everyone's particular individual sensitivities and that's, that's sensational. And also, like, let's just, you know, remind everyone that the oil free is crucial. Uh, the oil free is not just for people with autoimmune diseases, but if we listen to Dr. Cudwell Esselstyn and Dr. McDougall and uh, uh, Dr. Dean Ornish and, and the real experts who've spent their entire lives studying the human body and, and the ultimate path to wellness and health, we don't have these oils uh, in our history and the oils should not be consumed. If we're talking about ultimate health and certainly for inflammatory arthritis, it is the absolute kindling on the fire so we must mm. avoid oils so your book officially is the sort of the i would say almost like uh phase six of the patterson program you know this is like you work your way through and then you go and get out this recipe book and you can then follow this and enjoy your life and live happily ever after i mean that's really how it dovetails onto the back of 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 what i do and so it's super exciting you talked about the vision for the book with it being in a rheumatologist's office. I think that that is sensational. And, you know, we'll, when I eventually publish my book, they can sit side by side and uh, they can just read <laughs> that, that, that would be amazing. follow that and then eat like that and then everyone's, everyone's really happy. Um, can we talk about the early challenges with working on the book? I mean, I'm finding as I write my book, which is coming along. I was speaking to my business coach today and he said that, you know, I said, told him it's about 85% done, which feels good. Amazing. You know, this thing's yeah, been well going done. for years. What were the early challenges that you faced? I can, mm-hmm. I, I know that your little one um, take, takes up a lot of time and saps your energy. What other, it, what other things were, were make it hard to get this going along? Well, in the beginning, getting the recipes in, taking the photos, all of that was such smooth sailing. Then I got to the stage where I thought, okay, well, if this is going to be published, I need to properly research um, all of the things that we, you know, anyone who's vegan or plant-based gets, get the questions of, uh, are you sure you're covering all your bases? So uh, so researching that and getting into, you know, the nitty gritty bits of kind of iron and where do you actually get it? And, and um, so I think that that was one of the challenges and getting getting some good um, sources to that. Uh, fortunately, there is a lot of a fair bit of research um, online uh, that you can that you can look up. And I would always recommend that people do have a look at these things themselves because you know you can't really convince someone to to change. I think it needs to come from inside, and once someone needs to be ready. Uh, and I think it's very important to have to have read up about this and not to be worried about 
missing out on things like calcium, which we have been so indoctrinated uh, to think that it comes, you know, pretty much only from dairy, um, when that's not, not at all the case. So I think that was that was kind of the the next step of getting um, getting all the most important questions um, answered, and then when I was pretty much well, I started sending it out to various publishers to see if someone wanted to publish it, and I was turned down numerous times. I mean, people and and the their replies were spectacular. People would say, "Oh, we already have a vegetarian uh, cookbook in our." Uh, yeah, you know, in, in our collection. And I just thought, oh, gee, you probably haven't even read, yes. kind of read, read my, my email properly, um, because it's not a vegetarian cookbook. It's not even like a vegan cookbook, the way we know vegan cookbooks. Um, so, so that was, that was kind of the next challenge. Then I did meet my, uh, my publisher now from Hammersmith Health Books and, and she asked all the right questions. So she wanted to know about the oils, um, because they obviously have been, she knows a lot about health and things. So, um, so she was asking all the right questions and we had a really interesting conversation, um, via email. We met up and, uh, then she decided to, to take it on board. Yeah. And sent through the contract, and three days later, I had my baby. So I <laughs> can't even remember if I managed to sign it before it happened. Uh, so I had to obviously focus, refocus a little bit for a while. Um, but I do, I mean, a lot of the work that was done was with the baby in a baby carrier, keeping, keeping him as close as possible uh, to kind of trying to get him to sleep uh, and to, to get a few other things done on, uh, on the book, you know, sitting in the car while he's sleeping in his car seat, getting a few more things done, all the classic um, yeah. newborn baby things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we, yeah, we just uh, continued on, kind of picked it up again, I guess, when he was about, well, he was probably three months. I did very small bits kind of in, in little incremental parts um, throughout the past well, it's been over a year. He's he's almost fifteen months now, so just little bits and bobs um, through this whole time, and then redesigning it uh, or getting a little bit of, of work from one of their graphic designers. But yeah, mainly it's, it looks pretty much the same as it did when I sent it into them. Yeah, wow, well done. I mean, getting anything yeah. done, even brushing your teeth when you got a newborn baby, is difficult. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> let alone publish your books. Right, exactly. I can't recommend it to anyone. If you're going to write a book, don't have a baby at the same time. <laughs> what has the publishing process looked like? I mean, what? Tell us. I mean, you know, and just give us also a bit of an idea of what typically happens, because most people won't have published a book who are listening to this. And so, I mean, what does it look like? I mean, is there a factory somewhere that this publishing company print off books and then they ship them all around the world? I mean, how does it look like for a kitchen fairy tale? That is what it looks like. Um, it is printed. Um, it's, it's printed abroad. It's printed in Poland, and they do have a factory there, which yeah made this whole thing happen. And uh, it's sent over from there, which is what is happening at the moment. Um, obviously, I had it on my computer. It lived in a program called InDesign, which I had to learn uh, because I didn't know how to work in design. So I started kind of figuring it out. And I guess if you know Microsoft um, Office somewhat, uh, you can pretty much figure out these things. But then they did get a, a graphic designer on the case as well. And she was kind of sending me a, f a few notes on what I could change. Um, and I had no idea of how to do that because 
you know, I had picked up these things from YouTube tutorials and things. Um, so, so it was a, a big process to also learn to do that. And then we, yeah, we kind of looked through everything. Uh, my publisher was proofreading it. I was proofreading it because, you know, you have to get everything right. You have to get uh, the, make sure that you have included a ginger in the ingredients as well as in the method. Yeah, and um, the picture. Which, is, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which is not something that you will be focused on when you have a little baby kind of on the side. Um, so I think that was a, a very big challenge to get someone to proofread it and double check. And I, in order to get all the recipes to make sure that, that, that these were going to be working for other people as well. Um, I actually have a, a wonderful, um, kind of baby, baby mama group. There are eight, eight there were eight couple of us. Um, and, uh, and we would meet up pretty much once a week, all the ladies with the babies, and then people would bring some food, you know, everybody would bring a dish basically. And in the beginning, maybe, you know, I could have maybe 20% of the food. And in the end, everything was eater friendly because everybody, yeah, everybody started cooking like this. I mean, these girls are just, you know, they're just family. They, they have been so amazing. And I didn't know them until basically pretty much when we were about to have the baby. Wow, that's so um, fortunate. Yeah, we haven't been yeah. as lucky with, you know, we've moved obviously uh, twice uh, yeah. with our kids to the States back again. And we yeah. haven't been as fortunate meeting like soulmate kind of uh, other parents. Mm -hmm. We've had some friends develop, but uh, you know, when I hear about you and your, you know, band of eight, uh, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> no, they've been so incredible and they have been testing these things and I've been, I've been saying, okay, well, you know what, guys, I have like two chocolate brownies sitting around in the house. I need someone to eat them. Um, can you guys come over tomorrow and we'll have the baby date here? Or would someone be able to test my lentil ragu? I, I need to know if it has enough, if there is too much garlic in it or something. And then I've just sent over a picture and the recipe. And then the girls have texted back in the evening and said, my husband loved it too. You know, he doesn't even eat vegetables kind of thing which it has been an amazing, amazing thing because there's so many people who just have never pretty much, they don't think they've ever had a vegan meal. And now they have at least once a week, they go fully, fully vegan. Or as one of my friends says, fully a kitchen fairy tale because she only goes by my recipes at the moment, uh, which is, uh, is just absolutely incredible. And I'm so grateful um, for all that help. It's It's been quite something. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, they really have yeah. been your you know, sounding board on all of this, which is lovely. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wonderful. So, yeah. So that, that was one part of it, getting people to, to test the recipes for me and, and make sure that they actually work. Um, mm. so that was quite crucial. Um, and then, uh, yeah. And then we just had it printed. It was sent off to the printers, um, a couple of weeks ago and the very first, um, it, uh, was called copies came around yeah. last week. I think I received this on Friday and it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy to kind of see, think that it's actually finally here because it has been such a long process. Well, it just shows um, how you can convert, you know, mental thoughts into physical matter. I mean, exactly. this is, this was a thought in your mind at some point a few years back, yeah. just a thought, a picture in your head. And here it is in a physical yeah. format. And I just love sort of seeing that and just shows what can be created by the human mind. And it's a, mm. yeah, I, I love that stuff. What do you think that people who buy this book, and I hope I encourage everyone who's doing our program to get a copy of this book, because if there's an area of our program that 
that does not score as highly as the other parts. It, it's it's the recipes to go to once you do feel a lot better. And this is this fills that gap wonderfully. So what do you think people will be most pleased about who who are picking up this book for the first time? Well, I think one of the things to, uh, that, that I thought about very much was on the Patterson program, obviously you will be testing and you'll be seeing what works for you. So it's, it's super individual as to what you can uh, and cannot have. And it'll keep being like that for some people, you know, for years, someone can't have tomatoes still. So I think that was one of the challenges to, to see that, that, um, that the book would be written and the recipes would be designed in, in a way that will make you be able to exclude the things that you can't have. So for some people, you know, you can you can follow the recipes exactly as they are. Some people might need to exchange carrots for um, strips of butternut squash or something, you know, go to the things that you know will work for you. So if you know you're reacting to something, then at least just have it as like a little basic inspirational book and then just swap swap some ingredients. I think that's really important to to keep in mind. And, and uh, even when it comes to baking. So my my birthday was four, day, uh, four months after I joined the Patterson program and I really, really wanted to have a cake of some kind, but I knew I couldn't. But I did know that I could have oats and I could have berries and things. So I made, I came up with this recipe of, of uh, muffins, basically like blueberry muffins, and they worked super well. And people had them on my birthday, and they were so delicious. So that was one of my, I think my uh, my inspirations to wanting to also have like a dessert section uh, in there, so that you don't have to feel like like you're missing out if there is a big party or something, but they are so much more humble. And you can actually, I had to do this in the beginning. I had to make them without the baking powder or the baking soda. So they might become slightly more dense, but um, they'll still taste absolutely delicious. And even people who don't eat like this, who are as far removed from a plant-based diet as possible, have just been devouring, for example, the banana bread. Um, that was, I think I made that like, so many times uh, the first in the first year it was just such a crowd pleaser and you can add yummy things to it if you want to add um, drizzle it with maple syrup or if you want to have it with uh, fruit and berries on the side or something you know you can just just take it wherever you want yeah that's yeah. wonderful okay so let's yeah. let's let's go into this a little bit further um talk about a couple of more recipes just to you know whet the appetite a bit more um the the, so the oat muffins and blueberries, very original. And then you've mentioned also your um, banana bread. Again, sounds absolutely delicious. Um, did you want to um, pick a couple of recipes that you'd also like to talk about, maybe some main meals from the fun. book? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the funny thing is that one of my absolute favorite ones is, well, see if you guys can see that. It's a pasta with Courgette, courgette boats. I was going to let and, you say that. I'm glad I did. <laughs> did. Were you able to see that? Yeah. So I this recipe came about because I was on a uh, cruise ship, which I'm sure you know a fair bit about, uh, between Sweden and Finland with my uh, family. I think it was about a year, two and a half years ago, maybe. And I told the, um, I actually called them ahead and I said, oh, will you guys have anything? And they have some amazing restaurants there. So they said, yeah, absolutely no problem. Just tell your waitress, which is often a bit of a red flag. Well, a bit of a warning sign, because if, if they don't prepare, um, they quite often have, have already kind of prepped the sauces and things and there will be oils in them. 
So I just thought, oh dear, okay, well, so I think I brought rice and fruits and veggies or something, which was in our little cabin. Um, but I thought we'll give it a go. I went to the restaurant and I ordered anything you can make for vegan no oils. And they made something similar to this. And I had never had oven roasted courgettes where you kind of scoop out the inside and, and mix it in with other veggies. So I took that on board um, and uh, <laughs> went home and kind of uh, developed it a little bit further. And having those new flavors, because it, it has olives as well, which for me was a good way of putting on a little bit more weight um, as I you in the beginning um i just always made sure i had it with uh, leafy greens to help break it down but yeah this one just became so incredible because you can have it with pasta you can have it with rice or you can have them you know on their own even though i, I don't find that veggies only um fill me up for a very long time at all yeah so that's definitely one uh, one of my favorites and i think pasta in general i have always you know, absolutely love pasta. So I've just come up with a, a, a fair few recipes. And I think the, the creamy cashew cheese sauce, um, fake cheese, is uh, is uh, also one of my favorites because not only can you make like a carbonara with that, um, where you might fry some um, uh, fry some mushrooms uh, on the side with potentially with tamari sauce or something uh, or some oven roasted um, cocktail tomatoes or something. But you can also use the sauce when you make your mashed potatoes to make like a richer, um, yeah, just a richer version. Of it. Yeah. Gosh, um, mashed so- potatoes. Now I'm hungry again. <laughs> I would never give up potatoes. <laughs> Yeah, I, I spoke with someone the other day who said uh, who's not following a plant-based diet at all, and he just said, "Oh, I've been quite naughty this this month because I've had had some things I probably shouldn't have." Yeah, I've had quite a lot of potatoes, and I just thought, "Oh, don't blame the potatoes. Yeah. That's that's the most amazing thing in the world. You know, they've they've yeah. they've helped our civilization so much. So it's just don't, don't give up potatoes. Yeah, don't blame the crops." There's a guy in Australia, a guy called Andrew, who has just published a book, actually, and it's called Spud Fit. And uh, you and I both are uh, contributors to that. Why don't you talk about that for a moment? Yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, you referred uh, referred me to that. Um, and Andrew got in touch. He's such a lovely guy. My goodness, and what an achievement. Um, he managed to reverse and um, all kinds of things and get his kind of blood levels back to normal um, by eating potatoes for a whole year. And uh, yeah, and then he wanted to get our best potato recipes. Uh, so I contributed with uh, my uh, one of my favorites from, from growing up, which is a Finnish uh, summer soup. And it just has lots of, of vegetables and then obviously potatoes. And you can either make it a, a clear version or you can add like an almond milk or something to make it like a more milky um, version because the original one had milk and butter and things, which is so unnecessary. You really don't need that for flavor. Um, what about you? Yeah. So my wife contributed a um, an Italian recipe that um, comes through her family uh, her family being Italian, uh, and it's a pasta for jewel, but um, with potatoes. And don't normally have potatoes in there, but um, we do in our family, and so um, that's what she contributed. So yeah, so um, you know, he you mentioned he was on potatoes for a year, and I don't think we we've done justice to say that <laughs> literally only potatoes. Uh, so Andrew is planning to. Uh, I can't remember if he invited me on his podcast there. So I was going to speak on his platform, but I might get him on this one to talk about 
his crazy journey and give the potato, good old potato, another pat on the back and not to <laughs> criticize it. Um, what if someone's not very good at cooking and I am not very good at cooking all of the meals that I've eaten over all these years to get me well? I would say, except the basic, like two grain mixes and sweet potatoes and things, almost all of them were Melissa. So, what if someone's yeah. not very good at cooking and they pick up your cookbook? Is there some places they can quickly get value from it? Yeah, absolutely. I actually spoke um, with our uh, PR company yesterday and she was saying, because I said, I am aware that these recipes are very humble. And, you know, someone who's used to vegan cooking might think, oh, well, they're, they seem very humble indeed. You know, some of them are literally just one or two ingredients. Mm -hmm. and, and she just said, no, I think that's a really good thing because a lot of these recipes are so easy to make. And a lot of people might be even intimidated by vegan or a plant-based diet because they don't quite know what how to how to do it and what what do I have at at home um so i would just say if in, one of my favorite things to do is to just have a lot of spices um in the house because you can create and you can change the recipe so much and if you have them all sitting there it's not intimidating you see a recipe that calls for onion powder and garlic powder and you think whoa what is that but if you've actually been to the shop and you know you've looked at it before and you see okay well i need to have onion powder and garlic powder which comes back a lot you might as well just have them on your shelf and then you'll be like, okay, well, a teaspoon of that, I can do that. And they are, they, you don't need a lot of ingredients. You don't need a lot of time. I certainly don't have a lot of time at the moment to cook and I can, I can make any of these. There are a few more uh, kind of complicated uh, recipes, uh, like a gardener's pie, for example, which I know a lot of people or some people do want to have something more uh, that takes a little bit longer, maybe at the weekend to do and experiment with and things. Uh, so I wanted to include a couple of those as well. But I say mainly they're just super straightforward you know, rice and beans with, uh, uh, with a lot of spices. That's, that's, that's pretty easy, easy to make. So I don't, don't worry about the recipes being difficult at awesome. all. That's, that's not my style. Awesome. <laughs> Fantastic. That's what we want to hear. I think that's what everyone wants yeah. to hear. You know, everyone's so busy. Everyone is just, you know, wanting to get the meal on the table, have it taste great and not wake up in pain. Mm. I mean, that's all people mm. want. And th this book Absolutely. is the solution. So um, <laughs> how do people get a copy? What do we need to do next to be able to get a book? Yeah. So if you are in the UK or in Europe, it's on Amazon and all you need to type in is a kitchen fairy tale and it comes up okay. now. Yeah. So for now, it's just um, on pre-order because it actually only comes out on the 1st of November. Um, I think they start sending them out on the 31st of October, but it comes out on the 1st of November. So that just type that into Amazon. It's the same thing in the US and Canada. So North America, uh, the US version of, of Amazon. Um, we also have a publisher over there uh, called Chelsea Green. And um, I presume they'll be getting it into bookshops and things. Uh, here, yeah, here in the UK, it'll also be out in, in Waterstones and, well, all of their different uh, bookshops. You can just go and you can ask them to order a copy if they don't have it in. Uh, in in Australia, you can get it through the book depository, mm -hmm. uh, which for now is the the best way to to get it. 
we are currently looking at getting it translated into a few more uh, languages. We've got some interest from um, other continents as well. So um, hopefully there'll be publishers who want to take it on over there and to spread the love in South America and down in Africa as well. Um, I think that's that's where we are at the moment. So yeah, Amazon is the best bet and then bookshops. Yes. Well, fantastic. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, getting a copy myself. So I'll go on to the book depository uh, for, for while, whilst we're here in Australia. Um, and you've kindly gener- uh, generously uh, given a couple of copies to some members of Patterson Program Support, which is where you hang out and where you and I chat uh, from time mm-hmm. to time. Not as much as we used to when you're in pain, but now... Uh, exactly. just when, uh, when we want to talk about books and things. Um, so um, thank you. So uh, you've given us a couple of copies that we can give away to some people who've moved their way through the reintroduction phase and are now looking to um, to broaden their diet a bit more. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. No, it's just amazing to be able to, to, to give something back, you know, after everything that you guys have done yeah, just doing anything you can, I guess, to spread the word and, and help more people to see. Because I was at some point I was thinking, you know, who would this book actually be for? Would it be just Patterson program followers? But actually, when you look at, at the doctors that you mentioned earlier, uh, Dr. McDougall and Dr. Clapper and all of those, you know, they're using recipes just like these to to reverse not only autoimmune uh, conditions, but type 2 diabetes and heart conditions um, and all kinds of health health problems because it's it's this is just how i guess it seems this is how we were just designed to design to eat because it, it just it just helps it's it really it the, it's the diet for optimal health that's what it is yeah. i mean if you're trying to target absolute maximum health you go with a low fat no oil plant-based whole food diet and that's what this book is so you're really really hitting the target as to optimal mm. human nutrition and so i think that that's you know everyone should get a copy yeah thank you very much i was just going to say i think also this could be potentially like a little soft landing for people who who are just looking into a plant-based diet because you still have a lot of your comfort comfort meals like if you love your bolognese you know there is that red lentil ragu which is actually really awesome you've just swapped the minced meat and the oils for cooking it in water and just adding these really hearty red lentils that taste delicious or you know um, potato mashed potatoes with a mushroom sauce which is just so lovely oh my gosh uh, potatoes so, yeah. again we mentioned the potatoes i mustn't have had enough for dinner because i'm getting so hungry and it's <laughs> 9 18 at night <laughs> Well, Edith, thank you so much. Um, This has been super fun to talk about your book. Uh, It's inspiring for me to to continue to work on my book. I can see, you know, how how rewarding this has been for you. And uh, you haven't even uh, had the book hit the shelves yet. So it's all about to (laughs) get even more exciting. So congratulations on what you've achieved personally uh, and also what you've achieved to get this uh, book out there. And I, I hope that Everyone watching or listening to this will go out and get themselves a copy and um, and get healthier and uh, enjoy their meals. Yes, that sounds amazing. Thanks, Clint. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You've been listening to the Patterson Program. For more information, visit pattersonprogram.com.